one. Boom, there it is, ladies and gents. We're ready to rock and roll again. Do you love your business or are you just stuck in it? Well, let's figure that one out today. Let's find out how to love your business. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! Ladies and gents, let's do this thing. You know, when COVID happened, many entrepreneurs were faced with catastrophic business problems. Some were not able to solve the problems and, well, went broke. Others found ways to adapt and thrive. And today's guest went from a projected $150 million year to zero, but managed to bring his company back to life with over 250 million published copies of his magazine, of magazines, and some major airlines as clients. He was able to build Reach TV into the biggest airport TV network in the world, and I can't wait to hear how he did it. So let's welcome to the show, CEO of Inc., Mr. Simon Leslie. All right, let's jump into this thing. Sorry, Simon, let's jump into this thing. Welcome (laughs) to the program. It's good to be here. It just made me made me chuckle because my mum used to say to me, because I taught you how to walk and talk, and now I just want you to sit down and shut up. So <laughs> when, when the intro played, that just uh, triggered that memory. That was perfect. Shut up and sit down. There we go. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. All right, ladies and gents, shut up and sit down. Let's learn how to fall in love with our business. Simon, uh, entrepreneurship, the funny part about it, when you first – an idea clicks in your mind. You're like, I'm going to solve this problem. I'm going to start a business. I always equate it to buying a lottery ticket. You buy a lottery ticket and your odds are winning are really small. But for the moment that you hold that ticket in your hand, you start to envision this future possible reality that could be. And I feel, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, when they start, that's the love that they have for their business, this passion, this idea of what it can be. And then reality sets in. Tell me your story, man. How did you start off in the space? Let me ask you a question. What's the first thing you do when you build a house? Uh, a dream. I'm imagining, right? I start thinking about what the rooms are going to look like, what my, where I'm going to put my desk, where I want my place to be. It's a dream at first. So 90% of people, the 9 out of 10 will say, you put the foundations and, and and you're not you're one of the one out the one out of tens because you need a dream you need a plan you need a vision you need imagination you you go and you draw this thing that you want to build and what you want to live in and the room sizes then you go to an architect and he designs it to the you know the millimeter of every room of every room size of every window of every gable and then he'll give you the plans and you'll take that plan to a to a builder who then cost it all out for you and say, well, this is how much it's going to cost you. Actually, today, that's a lot harder than it used to be. Yep. And then you'll build the foundations. So there's three steps before you even start building a house. And, that, and that's what building a business is the same. You need to have that vision, that dream of what it's going to look like. 
what it's going to feel like when you walk through that door of your business, with your staff, with your product. What's it going to feel like? How's it going to feel? Because most people get fed up and bored by it very, very quickly because it's not easy. You know, mm -hmm. I heard somebody say on one of your earlier shows that, you know, 50% of businesses don't survive five years. It's down, it's 1% actually of businesses don't survive five years. I mean, it, it is so hard to succeed in business. I had four failures before I started this business. So I know what it's like. I know what it's like to go through failures. And I know what it's like to go through challenges. You know, the last 20, 28 years now of being in, in this business has seen some tremendous times. And, uh, but nothing, 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 nothing will ever come close to what COVID did to our business and how we had to rebound from that. And it's been a mad, mad journey. And I'm, I'm excited to, you know, to tell you about it and share some of the things that I learned. I, I, I think I want to share one thing that I want, because I always say to people, just listen, there's going to be one nugget in every podcast. You don't have to get lots of bits out of it. Just, just get one thing. If you get one thing, then it's been a great podcast. And the one thing I want people to remember is this. Every problem, sorry, every opportunity is gift wrapped in problems. Yes. Let yes. Say, let me say that again. Every opportunity is gift wrapped in problems. And if you're not prepared to unwrap those problems and you don't know how many layers of problems there are going to be, you're never going to see that opportunity. They're disguised. They're like Easter eggs. You're just looking for them all over the place, except where you see an egg and inside you got candy or money or whatever, the gift, the opportunity that's there. Everybody sees this thing that they're not going to pick up. Oh, that's a little weird. I don't want to touch that. Oh, that's somebody else's problem. I don't want to get involved in that. The problems are the opportunities, but it's a matter of perspective. And I think it comes down to in our own life, we've been trained and conditioned to walk away from a problem, to avoid the difficult, to find the easiest road possible. But like Les Brown says, if you, you know, if, if your life, if you do what's easy in life, your life will be hard. If you do what's hard, your life will be easy. Now, I love cliches and I love the way they work because they get my mind thinking about all the cool things and it's a great response. But the reality is the action that one needs to take is not easy. And it is littered with potholes and stakes and prickly things and poisons and all kinds of stuff that comes along the way. But a good entrepreneur sifts through all those things. And I think what you said at the beginning, that why, that dream, that reason, that's what keeps us going forward. What are some of the, like, tell me that story. I want to know the, 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 the peak that you were at before you faced down and started sliding towards the bottom when COVID hit. So, 2019 was our greatest year ever. In 2007, they told us print is dead and the in-flight magazine was never going to see the light of day anytime soon. 12 years later, this was our best ever year. Every single one of our magazines had a record performance. We, we just, we, there was nothing we could do. Everything was just firing on all cylinders. We entered 2020, we're optimistic. It's an election year, it's Olympics, World Cup, I can't remember, but it was a really, everything was happening in that year. It was going to be a great year. And then along comes this horrible little pandemic and um, literally the phone calls started coming and they're saying, we're taking your magazine off the plane, we're taking your magazine off the plane. And we went from 36 clients to one. One client mm -hmm. kept, kept the magazine going, which was American Airlines. And then uh, 
bizarrely, when everybody else started putting them back, they took it off. So we literally nearly lost every single one of our clients. And we had to, we, uh, I don't like the word pivot because pivot means you're just going around in a circle. We had to rethink about what the business was going to look like. So it was, you know, I'm a 28 year old startup because I'm behaving like a startup again, because I've had to go back to startup thinking and behavior is what, like, what do you do when you're starting a business? Because it was all new and every, every angle that we do today is a whole new set of um, products. It's a whole new set of thinking. It's a whole new, it's, everything is different. Now, it's a better business than the one we had before. The margins are better. The way we sell it is improved. So we looked at every element of the business and said, I want to improve every single thing we do, how we collect our money, how we go to market, how we do this, that, and the other. We, let's improve that. That's no good. That's the old business. You know, no longer doing it that way. Now we're going to look at things in a completely different way. Let's talk about that 28-year startup because, you know, like like we talked about earlier, I have that uh, – I teach a class with 17-year-old seniors. They're all startup entrepreneurs in my class. They're at the very beginning phase uh, and we just went through week one of of business, right? And so week one, I kind of let them go. I was like, okay, look, this is how we do things in business. We're gonna set three goals for the week, and we're gonna we're gonna reassess at the end of the week and see what happens. And I was debating: do I guide them with these three goals? Do I let them come up with their three goals? In the end, I let them come up with their own. And just as expected, most of them either didn't set a full three goals or didn't achieve all three goals because their goals were too optimistic at first. Uh, and it allows me to talk about failure and hitting this fail point early in this game to reassess where are they going. But at least, at the very least, they took a couple steps forward. You're restarting your business. You're starting over 28 years later and you have to look at it from a brand new standpoint as a startup. What are some of the things that a startup business needs to look at to improve their odds of success? Cash. You know, I don't know how many young entrepreneurs come and see me and say, look, I wanna, I wanna start the business, I need cash. And I say, you don't need cash. I thought, I've started a dozen businesses and I've bootstrapped every single one of them. Now, there's, there's two ways to, to, to run a business. You either bootstrap it or you go and find money and, and set it up. I've seen more failures from people who've ended up taking lots of money because remember, for every dollar that you borrow, somebody wants $20 back. Just mm -hmm. something like that. So before you make any money, you've got to pay the 19 more dollars. Before you take a bean, you've got to pay him 20 bucks. Just think about that when you're borrowing money. Because I think sometimes it's too easy to go and borrow the money rather than you know really work it hard and work and find out if there's a market, find out if the product works, find out if anyone needs it. You know, half the products I see today, they're, they're, in my opinion, there's too many products. In, in, in my business, in the advertising world, you know, over the last couple of weeks, all the big tech companies have reported uh, sli sliding in, in sales or in, in profitability. And it's not that the money is disappearing. It's just there's more and more products appearing. Amazon's ad business is growing so fast. Netflix is about to add advertising. So instead of it just being Facebook and Google, now everybody else is getting into the same business. And I think that's the problem. I think there's just too much choice. And it's watering down the, the opportunities for everybody. And, at and that certainly, point, you're, and certainly if you're, point, you're, you're small, you've got no chance of fighting with yeah. these guys for budget. 
Yeah, and, and at some point, I feel like a lot of them are moving towards that space, but it opens up the doorway for other platforms as well, right? So, you know, let, let's look at TikTok, for example, who's dominating in the search space with a giant compared, like, its opponent is Google. Like, whoever thought that they would come around and compete with Google? Uh, and the funny thing is I was having a conversation with some kids today, and I was like, you guys don't even know what it was like to live in an age without Google, much <laughs> less in an age with Google. But now we're entering the TikTok or, era, or right? Phones. Like, or, phones. or phones, or phones, exactly. We're entering that that uh, the, the the TikTok era. So I feel like when when a lot of these companies end up moving in a direction, maybe they're all kind of following that same herd mentality. Again, it opens up the door for somebody else to say, "Wait a minute, now you're not now you're focused on your bottom line, and you're forgetting that the client, the customer that came to you at the beginning." had his own, his or her own needs at first. So, you know, doesn't that kind of open the door as well to somebody else? Like, for example, we're moving away from print. Okay, well, let's start a, a TV network. Like, isn't that going to be a little bit different when you shift? I think the, the thing, I guess the way to look at it is this. There's always opportunity. And, and, you know, if we are entering a recession, which everybody keeps talking us into, by the way, I'm not participating this year. I've decided not to bother. Often um, out of the recession. That's right. I'm, I'm I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, a bit like a bit like the cookies. I'm opting out of the recession. I'm not participating. Um, there's going to be opportunities. There's going to be companies that come, go, disappear. People who are who are once great are, are going to fizzle out. And and I think I think even the big ones are going to struggle. They're going to find they're going to find competition in all different places. And I think it's exciting. I think it's an exciting time to be around, to be looking at opportunities. Here's my here's my take on opportunities. They are everywhere. You know, you have Shark Tank or the actually I noticed you have Dragon's Den now in the States. Um, and you're sitting there watching this and you go, Oh, that was I had that idea. I had that mm -hmm. idea. And your partner goes, No, yeah, but you didn't do anything about it. That was the opportunity visiting you. This is how I this is how I understand how opportunities work. And remember, opportunities are just gift wrap problems. Opportunities come and they visit us. And if you're not awake, aware, and available and ready to take them on, they knock on the next door, or they go down the road, or they go to a different country and they find somebody else who might run with that opportunity. And they might fail at it. And then somebody else will pick it up and somebody else. And that's how the world works. There are opportunities in love, in business, in work, in growth in uh, promotion and demotion all the time we're getting presented with opportunities and we have to be available and ready to take them because i promise you today where you are where your feet are opportunities are passing you by and you miss them you don't unless you get yourself in that energy state where you're ready and open to take on things you're going to miss opportunities that present themselves to you I love that you say that the opportunities are are present at all times. Uh, you know, opportunities tapping on your shoulder. Are you going to take advantage of it? And when you hear people say things like "That was my idea. I had that idea." I love uh, what Billy Jean says. He has a he has a, a line that I love. There's no such thing as a million dollar idea. Only million dollar execution. So. Let's talk about falling back in love with our business. So let's say we've been executing and maybe we're stagnant. We've 
we have been in business for five years, but really we've just been repeating the same year of business five times. We haven't actually improved. We're at that point where we're, we feel that plateau, that feeling where I don't know if I want to get up and do this every day anymore. How do I fall back in love with my business? I think this is, this is a really interesting um, chain of thoughts that go through my head when I ask that question. You know, I look at some of these successful people, 27-year-olds, sold their business already, and I think to myself, you've only done five series. You've only done five uh, league performances. You've only gone through five leagues. You've got to do that for 20 years. That means you've got to do it five more times and still be successful and still be there at the end of it. And and I think it's quite sad, you know, that, that people are achieving so, you know, and, and it's quite a few, so this is why I want people to, to really focus. In general, it is a long game and it takes a lot of time. There are, um, I can't think what the right word is, there are standouts in everything. You know, not everyone is a musk, a Gates, a Jobs. Outliers. Outliers. They're always outliers and they're always freaks to every scenario. But in, in most cases, in order to stay in business for 25, 28, 30 years, you've got to find that passion to turn up every single day. You know, I've sold this business three or four times and I'm still here and I'll still love it like it was like I probably more love it today more than I did 25 years ago. Because 25 years ago, I didn't have any money. I didn't have didn't have the knowledge that I have today. You know, at the end of the day, when the fish and chip shop was giving away their food at 10 o'clock at night, that was my dinner because I didn't have enough money to eat. You know, that that was a completely different situation to where I am today. But 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 every couple of years. I asked myself the question, why, why am I doing this? Why am I still doing this? Why do I still turn up? And that, that, that's what the pandemic really gave me. It gave me an opportunity to really fall in love with the business again and what the business should look and feel like, what I wanted people to feel like. We refurbished our office in London. We have offices in London, Miami, and Singapore. And it's a cross between Soho House meets a five-star hotel because I wanted people to come back to work and and rebuild with me because I wanted them to feel amazing at work. I wanted the surroundings where you felt like you were going to a five-star hotel or you were hanging out at Soho House for a day. And that's that's really important. Our office in Miami has has a, a full-time studio where we're shooting content for our Reach TV network. And, you know, all the time celebrities are popping in, sports stars are popping in. It's a great place to work. And, you know, I, I, I've had to do this again. I, you know, I've gone from 300 staff down to a, probably 70 or 80, and now we're back up to about 150. And it's about how do I get how do I get people to want to come and build this with me? Because everybody has a lot of choices today. There is, you know, it's, it's I guess it's a job hunter's paradise right now. Um, and it won't be like that forever. So... I, I just want to make sure that the people who work for me, who work in our business, have the opportunity to feel like they're running their own business because that's really important to me. Because if they feel like they're running their own business, they don't hate their boss. They're not angry with the boss all the time. Because so, someone asked me that question the other day and said, what's a good boss? And I went, well, I guess a good boss is somebody who gives you everything you want. It's like a good parent, yeah? You know, when you, you just, just, just say yes to everything because that makes you a good parent. No, 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 not necessarily. No, exactly. It's about discipline. It's about um, pushing them to, to, to do what they don't know they're capable of doing. A good boss is somebody you probably dislike enormously. You know, when you look at these 
these behind the scenes of the football teams or the soccer teams, you know, these guys are, you know, they're, 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 they're stroking, they're pushing, they're prodding, they're kicking, they're throwing the hairdryer at you. That's what a good boss will do. They will find your, your inner nerve to get the best out of you because you don't know how good you can be. You think mm. you might do, but, you know, I want to bring you to, to a place where you can really live out all your dreams. And that's what the business has been doing for 28 years. Well, let's talk about that. So the solopreneur is out here and he's working. He loves his business. He, he loved it, especially when he started. He might be getting a little burnt out, doing the same thing over and over again. Maybe right after the pandemic or, or in this current situation, their business is not growing. And then, you know, you know, in business, if you're not growing, you're failing. How do they turn that around? How does someone who is dealing with a business failure, how do they turn it around? What's the first couple of things they got to do? First thing is not try and use the same brain to fix the problem that's causing the problem. Yes. I always say this, go as far away from the problem as you can afford to. You know, if that means you can take a three hour drive or you get on a plane and fly to Miami and sit on the beach with a white piece of paper and doodle and start thinking about exactly why you're doing what you're doing. Why, why do I do this? Why do I run this business? Does it still have a passion for me? Do I still have that passion for what I do? Because there are lots of elements of the business that they might be doing, which are just, that, that's what's draining them. They just got, they might be doing the accounts. They might be doing the, the chasing the money, the, you know, the horrible bits, as opposed to the bits they don't love. And I think they probably haven't found the right team around them to help them grow the business, take the business to another level. Because this, this is the biggest challenge, especially for people in your sweet spot, is you can get a business to a naught to two or three million quite quickly. Getting it from that level to the next level is the hardest thing. That, that's mm. probably, of, of every phase of business, that's your hardest bit, from five to 20. And to, the, you know, the, the, the skills that got you from one to five are not going to get you from five to 20. Your thinking has to change. The way you go about things has to change. And your team has to be a better team. And also, you know, you don't know, who, you don't know how to hire properly. You don't know how to recruit properly. You don't know how to ask the right questions. You don't know how to negotiate properly. Everything changes. Suddenly you're dealing with bigger customers who want longer credit terms, who want longer more detailed information to do business with you. And you're like, do I really want to jump for me? I mean, what, someone asked me this question once and I just said, you can, if you can stay as small as you can for as long as you can and make enough money, do that. Because once you cross that line, you're in a whole new different set of problems. You know, it's rare that people talk about that sort of thing, right? And I, I'm going to 100% agree with you. My insurance agency is in that like $2 million a year uh, take home commission range. And going, we've been stuck at that one to 2 million marker for quite a bit. And we've been, you know, me and my partners keep going back and forth and we're finally looking into other options and other things outside of our own scope to help, uh, to help grow that. Because you're right. We got to that point rather, really quickly excelling beyond that $2 million marker. That's been, that's been the tough part. And a lot of the things that you said We've ran into issues, hiring issues, firing issues, lawsuits, like all kinds of different stuff that happens at that level. Never would have thought we'd have those issues, but they, they exist. And it's up to us to go in and solve those problems. Uh, you know, getting to that 2 million marker for some people uh, 
it's difficult, I think, when they when they had that solopreneur hat, but at the same time, excelling past that might not be something they want to do. How do you define success in your life? Is it a dollar? Is it a lifestyle? Is it a time frame? How would you define success? Before I answer that, can I just go back to that last point? Because I think you've taken yeah. something which is really, really important. From about 2005 to 2013, we were one to two million. We couldn't get out of that that one to two million. It was 1.2, 2.1. You know, it was just every penny we got, we reinvested into the business. We're going to grow. We're going to grow. And then you, whatever you invest in fails. When when print was dying or allegedly dying, we overinvested in digital to the point that we were on the we were on the brink of going bust. Hmm. We had the liquidators trying to switch the lights off. From the minute. I dealt with that problem and overcame that problem. We doubled our profitability and we went two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. You need to you need to go back because what you know it was literally a heart, not physical heart attack, but a business heart attack. Sometimes you need that in your business to then go back and say, This ain't working. You know, I don't want to play in that game anymore. I want to change it to this game. And 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 it was as simple as this: focusing on what we were really good at and doing it better. Mm. And then making sure that we just did that. Focus is the most important thing. And and when I heard you talking about, you know, we're, we're looking at other things, that's the most dangerous thing you can do. It's going back and saying, okay, what made us flipping brilliant and how do we stick to our knitting and really push it? How do we do, how do, we do what we're doing even better than the way we're doing it right now for our customers? And that's what made, you know, absolutely propelled us, doubled our profitability and our turnover of the year. You mean double down on uh, on your fundamentals? On what was the key that got you here? You went from zero to two million. What did you ride? What was the wave that you were riding that got you there? Focus on that, and how do you how do you make that better? Did I hear you right. Hundred percent. All right. And, and, and the question of success is, you know, I don't like that word. Success, happiness. You know, they're 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 labeled too much around and or banded too much around and. And then everyone says, oh, I'm going to have happiness. I was the most miserable git at 40. I was, I had everything that I could ever imagined, and I was miserable. And, and the last 14 years, I've literally gone through a journey of finding what, what makes me happy and what makes me successful. Because if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said, going to the cinema in the middle of the afternoon, that's what's successful. <laughs> I have a cinema less than 500 yards from my office, a beautiful complex, in the, in the, I don't know, 10 years we've been there, I've never been to the cinema in the middle of the afternoon. And I think it's probably just the fear of success, that fear of once I've done that, that's it, I can't do it again. But to me, success is doing what you want, with who you want, where you want, when you want. And if you mm. can do that, and you cannot worry about where the next dollar's coming from, if I can walk into a restaurant or a shop or doing something, then you should feel successful. You should be proud of yourself. You should be pleased with your achievements. And it is so personal because somebody can look at me and go, oh, you're really successful. And I'm going, I'm a bloody failure. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a school dropout. I've done this. I've nearly died, crashed the company five times. I've nearly succeeded six times. So I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's, that's the reality of life, right? That's how it works. Our heart beats like, you know, when you're in a hospital, you hear your heart beep. Beep, beep. 
that's that that's the flow of life the stock market works the same way ups and downs peaks and valleys i mean uh okay we have instagram today but you know we talked about back in the day you look at photo albums and they're all the happy faces but you when you don't see photographed at least not as often are all the tears that are involved in that life there's always ups and downs in in everything business works the same way you're gonna have the peaks and the valleys and i love how you defined your 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 success value because it doesn't have a dollar metric it doesn't have a time metric uh, we're we're too competitive right now in trying to compete with other people when really we should be figuring out what makes you happy. What when you get up and when it's Sunday night, do you have anxiety because Monday's around the corner, or are you excited for Monday? And for me, that's that's the metric that I look forward to. Sunday night, I'm like, dude, I can't wait to get back to class. I want to see what my kids are doing, what they're up to, how much they've done in the past week. I'm excited to get to that next day. That to me is success. I always talk about how my wife is the most successful person I know because since she was in kindergarten, she wanted to be a high school teacher. She would teach her teddy bears and now she's doing it in real life. That to me, that defines success. Uh, Earl Nightingale said it best, a progressive realization of a worthy goal. That's that's success. Uh, so, oops, maybe we lost Simon there for a little bit. Well, hopefully he comes back. But uh, in the meantime, that's that's we're, we're running towards the end of our time frame here, ladies and gents. So if Simon doesn't come back, success is an up and down metric if you're measuring it with dollars, if you're measuring it with time, but if you're measuring it with what is going to make you happy, then you can define that metric yourself. Live your life by design. Uh, and I want to make sure I give Leslie a shout out because uh, he wasn't here to do it at the very end. But if you guys want to reach out to him, he's got two websites scrolling across the bottom, www.luckyleslie.com. You'll find a bunch of information on who Leslie is and what he does. Or you can go to www.inc-global.com as well. And uh, let's see, hopefully he comes back. And if he doesn't, well, I guess we're going to call it uh, call it a wrap here. See, what did Adrian say? Adrian, what a good question to ask when you're vetting potential new employees. Man, that would have been a good one, Adrian. Man, I'd love to ask that one. Um, I would love to ask that one because I'm literally in the process of doing that too. And I feel like I ask a lot of questions naturally on the show. But for my employees, ugh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope he comes back, dude. I'm going to hope he comes back. I'm just trying to kill some time here, Adrian, for him. So questions to ask uh, a new potential employee. Uh, dude, will you show up on time? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, thanks for jumping on, Adrian. You're always a rock star, dude. And um, I'm going to give a shout out to Adrian, by the way. So if you guys are in San Diego or maybe you want a videographer to come out to you, Adrian kicks some booty. You like the intro that you have on our stuff? If you guys go to our YouTube channel, check out some of our parody videos. Adrian is the man or check out some, uh, some, some work he's done for us, uh, empire in uh, San Diego car wrap business. He's done some great work for them as well. So Adrian, big shout out to you, man. Always supporting the show. Always sticking around. Ladies and gents, doesn't look like Leslie's going to make it back. So we're going to call it for today. We'll see you guys again. Manana peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.